Rika Technologies and GotAnAppIdea.com present this week's episode of Incubate This in partnership with The Rika Show. Hey everybody, this is Cynthia, Daryl, and Grant from Rika Technologies. This is uh, our next installment of Incubate This where we explore business as it relates to technology and what does it really create to take a startup, uh, to make a startup. And, to, and today our guest is Mr. William Lupesco. Say hi. Hi guys. Uh, who is the owner and creator of PubTech um, and the PubCom. That's right. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about PubTech and the PubCom. Uh, PubTech is developing technology to help dog owners be able to better care for their dogs in all the times that they can't be with them. Uh, and our first product is called the PubCom. It's a portable environmental monitor so that dog owners who need to travel with their dogs can always be able to better care for their dogs and um, know how they're doing. Awesome. So Rika Technologies, which is our incubator company, as you guys all know, um, we helped William go from the stage that he was at where he had been pitching for a few years, uh, a couple years, right, before we met you? Yeah, like a year and a half. Yeah. Um, he'd been pitching and he was getting really excited and there was lots of in interest and lots of investors were saying, yeah, we can really see how this is going to be great in the market. Nobody was writing a check. That's right. Yes. So we got involved uh, with William and we said, we got to have a thing. Like you got, we got to be able to prove that the idea works, that it, in reality, the thing when you have it built actually does what we say that it's going to do. And that's why nobody was writing a check. Because right. they wanted to see an MVP. Right. Min minimum viable product. Right. So what we did was we provided a 3D printer. We helped figure out some very, very basic boards and chips and sensors, which we ordered in kits off of Amazon, I believe. Yep. Uh, and we started building the mobile app while... William and his crew of interns were madly soldering in the basement. Yep, <laughs> lots of soldering. When was lots last of burnt, lots of burnt fingers. Yeah. When was the last time you had soldered before you did that? To I had on? never, I had never soldered. Awesome. Never soldered. So, um, so that was that was one of the things. That so, we see, learned. having a tech startup could mean you get some new skills. <laughs> lots of new skills. <laughs> Always. So many. <laughs> So the reason that we asked William to be on today is because our goal as um, a company for Rika Technologies through our brand, gotanappidea.com, um, we are exploring, lots of people have ideas. They have really, really fantastic ideas. And they, the number of times in a week when we, somebody says to one of us, I have an app idea, and then they start telling us 20, 30, 40 times a week, depending on what the setting is. The issue is that they think the very next thing is, how do I get funding? What they don't realize is that the, the gap between I have an idea and I'm ready for funding is enormous. Years. Years worth. And so we asked William to come on the show <laughs> with us today because we want to understand more about your experience. We've been on part of this journey with you. Yes. Um, yeah. For the last... Two years, 16 months. yeah, we're coming up on two years in like September, October, I yeah. think. Yeah, um, yeah, year and a half. And but there was a lot of your journey before you found us. Yes. And what we're trying to do is we want to close up that gap for people, educate them, help them understand much earlier on what are you really getting into when you say 
I have an app idea or I have an idea for a technology company. All the stuff that took me like two years to figure out that I could have done in like six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so explain to us, so our, our product that we're offering in the marketplace is, is called Apptrepreneur and there's a couple different stages of this product. The first one is sort of this introductory analysis where Grant, Daryl, and I get on the phone with you for an hour, hour and a half, and we talk through your idea. And we take notes, and we throw out ideas, and we help you kind of co congeal, gel, you know, maybe congeal is far and That's too. exciting all by itself, having the three, <laughs> three of us on the phone together. Congealing things. Hey! It is. Yeah. It's, it's an adventure. Uh, <laughs> you never know which direction. <laughs> that's right, you don't. Um, we help you figure out what is the core feature, your killer feature of your app and what makes it different. Yeah. So did you go through an exercise like that to try and figure out what's out in the market and how, how are we differentiating? Like, Tell us a little bit about Absolutely. how you got to where you were uh, when we met you. Because you actually started out totally somewhere other than where we ended up. Totally somewhere other. So. The, the basic premise is that I have a dog. I live here in Colorado with my dog, and I want to go hiking in the mountains, but I also, on the way home from that hike, want to stop for a sandwich or an errand or even just for a pit stop, and the dog has to wait for me in the car. What do you do? So um, we originally conceived of an air conditioner that would control the climate inside of the car, keep the car nice and cool, and then it would have a built-in transmitter to transmit to an app and then a way for people to check on the dog to make sure that they didn't smash the windows. And right away, I was at the stage that you're describing where um, I was like, this is such a brilliant idea and I can't believe nobody's thought of it and investors are just gonna throw money at me because I am such a genius for coming up with this idea. Uh, yeah, make it, you know. <laughs> this, this is so obviously brilliant that people are just going to want to throw money at me. Um, Light bulb. <laughs> so, um, it didn't quite work out that way. Uh, we, but we did start off on this journey, so we, got a, we spent $50,000 in sort of family money and savings to get a prototype of the air conditioner, and it worked really well. How much? $50,000. But our, I mean, our product, it was a big, it was yeah. about this big. I mean, it was literally an air conditioner. It was literally an air conditioner. Like the, probably the smallest portable air conditioner you probably could get. And they're not small because not you small. have to compress, I well, mean, it's compressing no, it, it worked off with ice. So you oh, had wow. to, in addition, you would have to fill it with ice. And it worked really well. Um, the ice made it so that it was much cheaper uh, and it didn't have to have a compressor and all that stuff. But, um, but it was still about this big. It was a cooler that we had <laughs> modified. Um, and it required 40 to 50 pounds of ice. Could you put like beer and soda in it too? Absolutely. That was part of our pitch was two mints and you one. can keep your dog cool <laughs> and you can keep your beer cool. Uh, but, Dogs and beer yeah. going together well, for millions of the years. the ultimate road Very trip. American. When you're going Very on a road American. trip, you want to bring your dog, you want to bring your beer. Um, maybe a sandwich. We do not sanction <laughs> drinking and driving, especially not with animals in the car. And we do not sanction letting your dog drink and drive. Right. Ever. Ever. Well, and we weren't sanctioning that at either, <laughs> to be fair. We're making William really uncomfortable. Fortunately, he didn't get to see one of our podcast videos right before we started this, so he gets the tone of this. 
Well, well and we're I've very interested in yeah, we're very interested in debunking myths and and showing that we know what we're doing in this area. But we're also interested in being people and having a good time. So because really, that's why you're doing this. That's right. That's why anyone who's getting started on this journey should be doing it because it is right. a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, so we had an air conditioner and we spent a year trying to get people excited about an air conditioner and we had a lot of really great feedback from our customers saying, yes, I love it. I wanna, you know, this solves a problem that I feel every day. And, but the problem was it was really big and it was really expensive and nobody wants to invest in an air conditioner company. Um, <laughs> <laughs> air conditioners aren't cool. They're not sexy, they're not apps. Uh, they and even cool. though we had an app, they, they are, are cool. cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> By definition, they're cool. Air conditioners are cool. Wait, but wasn't there a, a thing on Indiegogo that was like a new chair? I yeah. mean, what's oh. cool in tech about that? Uh, well, but probably no investor invested in that. <laughs> oh. People wanted to buy it. Right. Um, but we, because of the nature of our product, we needed... $400,000 or something to be able to actually get this thing into production, probably more. Um, and so that was, we, like, we needed investment. We weren't even at a point where we could really do a crowdfunding campaign for a chair. Chairs are a lot simpler. <laughs> um, so anyways, so after a year of really getting people excited about this, um, a lot of the feedback we were saying, first of all, from investors was no way, and well, maybe a little stronger language in there uh, but then also from our customers they really drilled down and said the thing that we most care about is the monitoring a lot of people said you know I already have a way I keep my dog cool I keep the air conditioner running I have a remote start system I have all these things and we saw that more and more cars were headed in the direction of being able to stay cool while the engine is off and while the person is away and so really we identified that our core value proposition was in the monitoring and in the software that we could build around that. And because we didn't have this big capital intensive manufacturing product, we still needed a little hardware product, but you know, our product is now this big instead of this big. Uh, because we didn't have that huge upfront capital need. And no can, ice. And no ice. Um, oh, and no beer. And Ooh. no beer. Um, maybe we'll build a Start beer opener. Startup fail. Maybe we'll build a, a beer opener onto the product. Yeah, <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, but no, because we didn't, because we didn't have that big upfront capital need, we could really focus much more on developing a lot of cool software to wrap around our product um, to give people that monitoring that they wanted. So that was the pivot that we made, and it took us over a year to get there. Um, and it was only after a lot of feedback and uh, customer interviews and being on the news and all of that, that we really realized that was where we needed to go. Okay, so that's awesome. It points to what's part of the Entrepreneur program, which is we work with our clients to help you help them identify, once we've said, here's what your core feature is and your, your core functionality, we work with them to identify who are your target users. Like yeah. what we, we create these user personas where we say, how old are they? What's their income level? You've done that work, right? Oh yeah. At what point did you do the work identifying your audience and your user personas? Uh, so very early on, the, the, the way this all started actually was that, that $50,000 I got for the prototype, I actually got from my dad. Uh, but he was very skeptical about this at first too. Um, and so before I could sell him on that investment, I we went together to have a booth at the Denver Pet Expo and 
we had just a drawing of what we were trying to make because we didn't have any prototype yet. And not even a drawing of the box, just a concept drawing. Um, but we had people come and they took a survey and we were handing out tchotchkes with our brand on them. Um, and right away, the enthusiasm that we generated off of that first event, that was what really got my dad sold as the first investor into PubTech and what allowed us to get the money to go um, onto that next level. But so I, right away, we, we realized that customer research was the, the critical path of, yes. of understanding why people wanted this and why they were excited about it. Yeah. Um, but then beyond that, it took a year to really hone in on the really yes. critical part. So what we do as far as part of our entrepreneur program is because we've built a lot of startups, uh, I have built many of my own in my career in the last years. <laughs> and Grant and Daryl have each been part party and parcel and employees and equity players in various startups throughout the years. And then we obviously run an incubator um, where we've run, we, you know, we've helped build many companies in the last few years that we've been doing this. Um, and what we discovered really early on is that that market research piece, the earlier you do it and the more feedback you get early, the less time and money you spend later yes. fixing or changing something you already put a lot of money into that didn't quite hit what your users need. And so that's where this concept of rapid prototyping came from. Yep. We said, wow, we can actually do a rapid prototype of a simple self-contained mobile app pretty quickly in, in two to six weeks, depending on complexity, and have it demonstrate a core competency really, really well. And there's no server, there's no data running on, uh, you know, across the wire. It's all self-contained, so we can load it on, you know, whatever devices. And so in your case, you had to, you had to kind of get past, because you had a device involved, you had sort of the original device, which was, we're gonna solve the problem. And then you got to the point where people said, I can come up with a solution if you just tell me I have a problem. Yeah, that's a right? good way to think about it. Yeah, so we, it's, our, our problem is fairly complex and we used to say there's three parts of it. We got to cool, we got to monitor, and we got to inform passersby. And we had really been focusing on the wrong part of the equation, which was the cooling. Uh, and it took us a long time to realize that while the cooling is important, uh, there's a lot of other players that are doing it and it was not really where we added a lot of value and where we really wanted to be competing, our real value was in the monitoring and the, the passersby interface. Um, and so it took us a long time to, to rethink the way that we solved the problem that we had originally set out to solve. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay. Um, so what, what we're pointing to is that, first of all, there's a myth in startups. Yes. People think, I have this really great idea, I'm gonna get all this money, I'm gonna to be totally rich. Yep. And when you see these stories, because it does happen, like we, I've been party to several companies that have been that level of success. We've all seen the social network. We've all seen the social network. Facebook is absolutely a perfect example of something like that. We all have seen the story of the 15-year-old kid who builds the app in his basement and Google buys it for $100 million. But, well, but I would push back a little bit. This, on... We're going to dispel this myth, so say what you're going to say because you're about <clears> to. <throat> well, I would push back a little bit on the myth that the social network was he just had an idea and money came pouring in because by the time the money came pouring in, 
he had already built a product that had hundreds of thousands of users and that's when the money money came pouring in nobody nobody has ever nobody that i know of um has ever really made a lot of money on an idea i mean even the 15 year old kid in the basement they still had to go out and make the product work and that's really you know we didn't start having success in our business until we actually did the soldering and wrote the code and actually showed that we had something that worked yes so soldering is key Soldering is key. Even if you don't have a hardware product, you should probably solder something. It's the the bird fingers really build yeah. character. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it makes you feel closer to what you're doing. It does. Uh, the smells. <laughs> the smells. Well, the smells will definitely. Bird flesh. That's what creates success. The fumes will definitely do something. Uh, so what you're pointing to is exactly exactly what our philosophy is, which is that it there is this gap. There is money usually that it takes to, to, to traverse the steps of that gap, but there's also time. Yes. Because you're now three, almost three and a half years in. We started working on Pup Tech uh, in spring of 2015, so that was four years ago. So we're four years in. And I quit my job to do this full time a year later, so three years ago. Yeah, So and, and that's another thing that you're pointing to, which is success is not usually a nights and weekends thing. No, it can't, it, 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 it will not be. Yeah. You have to be the absolute single biggest champion of your own product. The thing that we'll say about William, having been involved with him for you year know a year and a half, almost two years, this guy talks to everyone about what he's doing. And he's not, he's not shamed of it, he's not abashed about it, he's not worried about what they're gonna think. He knows he's got this thing and it is going to change your life and he makes sure he tells everybody about it. Nobody is a bigger champion of PubTech than William, yeah. which is exactly how it should be. Now the thing that William also has the ability to do that I, 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 we're, we're working on how to tease this out of people because I believe everybody has the ability to do this. He has, how many people work for you right now? Uh, working have, on your project in some way or another. We have 17 people working on this project. And How many of those people are me? actually getting paid? Uh, Non-equity. One. He's got 16 people believing in his idea, working for equity in his project because of his level of passion. And they have been for, I mean, you guys are some of the most recent additions yeah. to the team. These people have all been with you two, three, two, some of three. them since the beginning. Yeah. Your dad's been there since the beginning. Yeah. And by the way, he's on the board. He, he His father does a lot, a lot of work yeah. around helping to build pub tech. So it's not like he just handed him a bunch of money and said, no, see you later. He's, he's, he's fantastic. Every day. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, and, and just, I had to quit my job because I got to the point where I realized, well, I never really liked my job, but uh, <laughs> I, I really, I did, I, I got to the point where so it was like, I'm gonna have to choose between a job or this idea, and I cannot do this idea without investing in it 100%. I, I just, there's not enough time yeah. for me to be able to do it the way it deserves to be done uh, if I don't quit my job. And I don't think you or anyone else who has been working for me, for, you know, for me or with me, for this time, they would have never joined PubTech if I was doing this nights and weekends. Right. But you did more than just quit your job, didn't you? I did. I so when I was 27, uh, I had a job, I had a house, and a girlfriend, uh, and then 
when I was, by you the time I turned 29, <laughs> I had no more house, no more job, no more girlfriend. Now, did the girlfriend leave because she was like, that's a stupid idea, I'm out of here. Uh, yeah, basically, the girlfriend was like, you clearly care more about this new company than you care about me, and she was right. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, but then I, yeah, and I moved back in with my parents. Why does it have to be um, an either or, right? Why does it have to be a choice? Uh, you know, Why can't it be, I like your idea, I'm going to get into this. I know, and that is the difference between Support. girlfriends and wives. Well, but. I, uh, in in to, my in, view, in and in not, defense, not that you're married, um, but when you, when you can get on board with the level of passion and level of idea that you had, that person is a keeper. Because you have an entrepreneurial spirit, you have that yeah. personality. You're, it doesn't matter in five or ten years when PubTech is huge and we sell it. You're going to be looking for the next thing. That's just totally. who you are. Totally. Um, in so, her defense, it was so all-consuming. In case you're, she's um, watching. Yeah, no, right. No. Yeah. <laughs> just or any of her friends. Um, we don't was, know who you are, but we think you're great. Uh, <laughs> it was it was all-consuming enough that you know, really, I didn't have time to. Right. I didn't have time to do anything, whether it was be a boyfriend or even be a friend or my performance at my other job was suffering as well because it was very clear that I really just wanted to be working on pub tech uh, all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I actually, when I say I quit my job, um, my bosses realized that there was something going on and they said, what's going on? And if you, you're going to have to choose. So yeah. I, I did get forced into it a little bit, but I definitely chose um, to leave. And then you decided to sell the house. And, and then I decided to first put the house on Airbnb. Reduce all your expenses so that you could, you know, really focus and not worry about how exactly. I'm going to eat next month. Exactly. Well, and I'm very fortunate to have parents who were able to take me back in and feed me for the last three years. <laughs> so. I need somebody who'll feed me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> feed me, Simo. Um, but yeah, living in their basement for three years is not really what I had envisioned when I got my job. Yeah, it's, an, it's another myth that building a startup, having a tech company is super glamorous and oh, cocaine yeah. and hookers uh, and whatever else, right? So cool. No. <laughs> that I don't think that's the reality, at least not for the first At least not years. for the air conditioner startup. Not for the air no. conditioner startup, because uh, it's not cool. Because it's not cool. <laughs> There's a reason all these tech companies started in a garage, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, it's it's not cool. It's not glamorous. In parents' garages, um, par their parents' garages. <laughs> it's so, yeah. it's uh, not like they went out and bought the garage. No. <laughs> Started it in my garage. That's you know a three. Dad can I ask you to park in the driveway house. for the next yeah. year, yeah. basically. Yeah. Well, I, I have taken over a section of my parents' basement that's just full of boxes and soldering irons and crap for pumpkin. Um No, it's not cool and it's not glamorous and most. Everyone that you talk to won't get it, and they'll say, "Why, like, why don't you just go get another job? Why are you doing this? Isn't this a dumb idea? You know, do you really think this is going to work? What, what makes you think that you're smart enough to be able to do this? Let someone else do it." Um, so it's it's not only is it not glamorous and not cool, uh, but it's also very lonely because most people really don't understand the journey you're going through. You have to find someone like these guys who actually have been through it and who get it and who get uh, why it can be so addictive. <laughs> yes, it can. Yeah. Yes, but, it can. But there was even more pushback from the marketplace, right? I mean, you, everybody you talked to wasn't like, oh, that's such a great idea. In fact, it was quite the opposite sometimes, wasn't it? Yeah, yes. so there was actually a period of time where there was some, you know, there was a direction that we were going with the marketing and it seemed to be working. And then all of a sudden we sort of dropped off a cliff. Yeah. 
because yeah there there was there was this perception that we were encouraging people to leave their dogs in the car yep the way that seat belts encourage reckless driving yes um yeah absolutely there's (laughs) there's a small but very vocal part of our market that strongly is opposed to everything that we're doing Mm. um and has been extremely vocal and letting me know how they feel about that. Uh, I've been called a dog murderer multiple times. Um, and you know, how do you feel that you'll have the blood of thousands of dogs on your hands? They've yeah, actually well, said that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A direct quote. Direct quote. Somewhere. Thousands? What are we doing? <laughs> Is this the dog a cost? I know. <laughs> oh, God. I, mean, I think you just got compared to Hitler or Mussolini. Yeah. Well, Thanks, But Grant. that's the whole point. Thanks, Is it's, 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 re- it's ridiculously blown out of proportion, like you said. I mean, it's... In a lot of ways, what it really provides is peace of mind for the owner. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not encouraging. You know, if, if you're not going to do a behavior just because you have this, now you are. No. It's the fact that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't really admit that they do leave their dog in their car for brief periods yeah, of time. Because really... it comes up. You're running errands and you can't, Sometimes you it's know? inevitable. Uh, it's, it's peace, as a parent, it's peace of mind for your dog. Very much like it's peace of mind to have a baby monitor in the room. Exactly. Yes. Right. Exactly. The, the reality is, is, is it going to help that much? Maybe. You know, you can hear them coughing or something. But yeah. I mean, if you go buy a baby monitor, do you be like, well, now we can keep the baby in the other room all the time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Because we have a baby. Now monitor, I can so. go. To, now I can go to the bar yeah. and watch my baby <laughs> on my phone. You know, people don't do that. So it's it, again, it's uh, it's just definitely, I think, being looked at. Wrong. Isn't it more likely like that some somebody who seeks out a technology like this, seeks out a device like this, is actually exactly the person who's concerned about the right things and is going to use the technology the way that it's intended? You know, I, I, I don't believe that there's this group of people that are like, well, I was going to leave my dog in my car for an hour, but now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, there's a lot of stigma around leaving a dog in a car, and there's, there's, there's a lot of people that think that anyone who has ever left a dog in a car is basically a murderer. Uh, and so a lot of what we've been hearing is, oh, well, if someone's so irresponsible that they'd ever leave their dog in the car, they're not going to buy your product uh, because, like, why you know clearly they don't care enough about their dog at all yeah to be able to even want to but this isn't just useful in the car and and so i'm on the board of the the only remaining husky rescue in colorado thunder thunder puppy university thunder puppy canine rehabilitation and rehoming she has several of them in i have several of them over there and we have a bunch so if you want a husky (laughs) please call us um we have talked about it because you have these you know, kenneling areas where the dogs play outside. They can, some dogs really wish you'd let them sleep outside. I mean, it's like you can hear them in your head being like, I want to sleep outside. It's going to snow. I'm so excited. Now we have snow dogs. So if you have a chihuahua, your dog probably doesn't say that. Yeah, no, you don't. But we have cabins. If any of your dogs are saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> your dog, your cat doesn't talk to you? He does. <laughs> Not with words. Not with words. Grant's like, oh. <laughs> We have a cabin that's got kennels in it where at night when it's time, all the dogs kennel up and we have heaters in there and we, you know, when it's hot, we have two room air conditioners for when it's, when it's warm. Something like this would 
absolutely help with the peace of mind of whoever's on the campus to not have to be running down and checking on them. Like I can see it, you know, put, put one or two in different areas. You know, if you know you have a cold spot, you know you have a hot spot and you're trying to come up with like a way to keep those two yep. things, stick one in each area. It's sort of like a portable thermostat yeah. in a lot of ways. And so there's lots of ways to use this that add value and that, that are useful. Yeah, right? I mean, so a lot of our customers are hunters who uh, transport their dogs in crates. Uh, we have police and military working dog people um, that they have to be on the road with their dogs all day, every day as part of their job. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, rescues, pet hotels, um, people that are just traveling and want to leave their dog in a hotel room, say, and they, they don't have access to the thermostat or they're worried about something, maybe the AC going off, even in a house. Um, so there's lots of different applications outside of cars, but uh, we do originally face that stigma of, oh, you guys are just trying to leave dogs in cars so that they'll die. <laughs> So that is not the case. So four years later, four, yep. uh, last summer, which would have been just over three years in, you did an extremely successful Indiegogo campaign. Yep. From anybody's anybody's point of view, we originally set out to sell a certain number of these devices and raise twenty five thousand dollars. We ended up almost hitting thirty five thousand. And now we're up and to most of that, 000. Yeah, and most of that was in the first two or three days. Yeah, we hit, of the campaign. We hit our $25,000 goal in three days. Explain for people who maybe don't know, because crowdfunding is sort of, and I'm curious to th hear what you guys think about this, because I know about it because I started doing research when we were looking at it for PopTech. Crowdfunding is this new micro-investment concept, I think, where people like, they want, they want the security of buying something. So in your case, they're actually gonna get a device at some point. Yes. But they also sort of really want to invest in new technology. Like they want to be on the edge, but they don't want to be so far on the edge. And so you have this concept of if ever if you could get 500,000 people to give you a dollar. Exactly. Now you have a company and you can actually move forward. And so you just have to get a certain number of people behind your idea in the general population, right? Yeah. How has how has how is this a function of technology and building a startup versus like why why wasn't this a thing 20 years ago for like a more traditional company like why doesn't a restaurant get on indiegogo and so some of them now do yeah do i think really? it's just the forum wasn't there uh, i think so first of all i want to say to our backers if any of them are watching you will get a unit um, oh yes you're soon. definitely getting a you're unit. definitely getting one. yeah um we are eagerly <laughs> we are all working, working towards that it's going really fantastic um, not right now not. Yeah, right in this like 30 minutes. Last night we were literally writing code. Yeah. I, my soldering iron's heating up right over there. Two hours ago at Starbucks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she, plug for Starbucks, we get like an endorsement. Oh right? yeah. yeah. Oh, and I don't have my smart water. Smart water was going to be my thing because that's like in every video. Oh, should video we do product so placement? Uh, I think. I think. <laughs> there we go. These videos are entirely shot on Apple products. They are. That's true. They're <laughs> um, I think that crowdfunding has really been an outgrowth of the bigger social media movement uh, okay. and really hasn't been possible before that because of there just wasn't a forum for so many individuals from around the country or around the world to come together in support of one thing. I don't think it's a new concept in the sense that 
um, you know, businesses, local businesses have always been able to raise funds from, say, their constituents of like, hey, we're going to build a swimming pool and we need everyone to donate and then you'll get free access to the swimming pool. Like co-op, uh, co-op. Yeah, co-op type businesses or, you know, help us build a restaurant and get a free beer for life. Or there's, yeah. I think that concept has always been there, but, but with the advent of social media technology and, and platforms, really now we can do it on a global scale. And so for our crowdfunding campaign, we were able to engage with customers that are really excited about what we're doing, but having to live on the other side of the country, and we would have never met them otherwise. Hmm. Um, yeah. It's probably a comfort level too, right? I mean, back in the day, when the when the web first got started and was starting to blow up, people were like, I'm not putting my credit card on that, even though it's perfectly safe. I still have family yeah. members now who still say that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not giving them my credit card, right? It's ubiquitous yeah. enough now where, yeah, like, you know, just the other night I saw a posting in a local on the next door site and some family that needed some money because of circumstances. And when they described it, I was like, I feel like I should, I want to. And so, you know, it's a link in a social forum, a link in a, you know, in a write-up, takes me right to a page. I sign in, put in a credit card number, you can donate 20 bucks. I mean, yeah, it's and all done in, in less than a minute. And part of what the, the crowdfunding platforms do and the service that they provide is that they not only provide a, a venue for all of these people to come together, but then they also provide a level of trust um, by being able to say, like, we guarantee this product or, you know, we can offer refunds or they have different ways of building that trust so that you're not just throwing money. And you point to, go ahead, Grant. And my, my story also points out that a big component in this is the fact that you have the social media platforms on the side driving because you were real proactive, right, about using the pub tech Facebook page and and postings and different things and to Instagram drive people to YouTube. the to the well, campaign. Yeah, that speaks to one of the really another myth is that um, there is a crowd out there that is just waiting to back new projects. And while that's sort of true, twenty percent of our funds came from the sort of Indiegogo crowd. Um, but 80% of it came from our own crowd building. And no crowdfunding campaign will ever be successful if you don't do six to nine months of crowd building before the before campaign you so that you can campaign. bring your own crowd. And then from there, other people will get excited. Yeah, so, so once you, again, you're would not know gonna... that. And if you blew the timing on that, you've kind of blown the timing on oh, that. Yeah. And yeah, you're you not going to just back. drop this Indiegogo or Kickstarter campaign and instantly you got a million dollars, nope. right? Same thing. And were there requirements for them to even let you do your campaign? Like, did you have to hit some certain metrics before they said, yes, you're ready, and here's when we're going to do your campaign? So Kickstarter has very strict requirements. Um, Indiegogo does not. They allow kind of anyone, but they have different um, certifications that you can achieve that get posted on your page to build that level of trust. So they, they uh, publish what stage your company is at, whether you're still in idea stage or whether you actually have a prototype or whether you're actually even in production or shipping. Uh, and then also we worked through a program here with a local um, electronics distributor company and they have a sort of a startup mentoring accelerator program as well, but they've partnered with Indiegogo to be able to certify new products. And um, and so we were able to display that badge on our page. And was that, that Arrow? Yeah, that was yeah. Arrow. And then- um, Another plug. Another plug. Arrow Electronics has a great program for startups. And if you're doing a hardware startup, you should definitely go check them out. <laughs> um, 
But because we had that Aero certification badge, it was uh, validation to our backers that what we were doing wasn't just vaporware and that we did have this big company behind us that had looked at it and said, yes, this product can exist and we you know, believe in it enough to put our name on it as well. So um, they will let anyone on, but just because they let you on doesn't mean you're gonna get in any way funded. Um, and we spent a lot of time beforehand making sure that we had those partnerships in place and that we had reached the level that as much of, as, as high of a level as we could uh, to uh, really maximize our chances for success. And again, that doesn't happen by creating a Facebook page, creating an Instagram account, posting a couple of times a week and like crossing your fingers and hoping, right? Like no. you're out every day having those conversations, talking to people yep. in the real world yep. in order to attract them and get them interested in what you're talking about, right? Yes, absolutely. And we went to dog parks and we went to shows and we took out booths at events. And obviously some of these things require money. Um, but to Cynthia's earlier point, I have a great team of people that work with me. And so a lot of that, uh, you know, I was able to put into their hands and say, manage the posting and manage the emailing. And um, if you believe enough in what you're doing, you should be able to get other people who believe in it as well, who can help you with a lot of the grunt work. I'm curious how all of that coordination that you're basically doing, you're basically, well not basically, you are a CEO in every yeah. respect. Um, I would imagine investors see that and that, I mean, that's gotta play positively towards them. Absolutely, a lot of, you know, if, if you talk to investors uh, or go to accelerator type programs designed to get you investment, right away you'll learn that the number one things that investors are looking to invest in is a team. And so investors don't want to invest in one guy or even just a couple of guys, um, like it was just two guys writing code in a basement. Well, great, they might be great at writing code, but that's not the team that is needed to actually build a successful business because a product or an idea is not a business. Um, a business requires much more than that. And so yeah, absolutely. Our, the fact that we have such a large and committed team is a really core part of our investor pitch um, and really one of our big differentiators in terms of when investors are looking at deals. They'll see, well, here's a bunch of really great products, but oh, this company has also a really great and experienced and committed team behind it. How much did you know about business before you started this? Nothing, I was a geologist. Uh, <laughs> My favorite joke, geology rocks. Oh yeah, I know there's, there's a lot of... Um, Rockstar. <laughs> what do you want to rockstar? Yeah, we do it in beds. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, went to, I went to college uh, and got a bachelor's in geology and then I got a master's in civil engineering. Um, and then I worked as a civil engineer for three years. So really nothing. Um, to do with any kind of business. And what were you doing when you came up with this and what, what was your job? I was working um, for an engineering firm here in Denver as a water engineer doing groundwater wells, uh, so drinking water wells. Golf course or a housing development. Also not sexy. Now, also not sexy um, and it's a very important job and I'm glad some people are doing it but it was definitely not for me. Um, yeah. What was your inspiration for PubTech? So I, I originally had this idea, again, just from, um, there was one particular incident where I went hiking right after I, so I, I never had a dog before, and so I didn't know anything about dogs, but I always thought it'd be cool to have a dog because I love going hiking and camping and having a dog to do that with me would be great. And so I got a dog, and right away, we went on a three-day camping trip in Southern Colorado. I had a great time. 
uh, on the way home, we needed to stop for lunch and finding a place to park in the shade was really tough. And then instead of enjoying my lunch and my beer, um, I was running back to the car every five minutes to check on the dog. Um, you know, while my, um, while the person I was camping with, while he stayed back to enjoy his lunch, I was so worried about the dog. So I got back to Denver and I asked my vet, hey, I'm a new dog owner, what should I do in situations like these? And she said, well, you should just leave the dog at home for the entire weekend, uh, which to me totally defeated the purpose. And don't you still have the dog. same problem? So now you're camping and you have a dog in a house where the power may go out and it may get really cold or really hot. Well, you don't, so, no, you don't so leave a dog by themselves all just, weekend. You just don't board them go camping. Or, yeah. or you board them or you... But okay. I wanted a dog because a I wanted center. to okay. take my dog hiking. Um, that was the whole, that's why I got a big athletic, you know, lab type dog because I wanted His to name is Clovis. His name is Clovis and he's wonderful. He's wonderful. Um, he's so sweet. <laughs> he's like the chillest dog you've ever met. I have Huskies. They are not chill. No, no. Clovis, <laughs> Clovis is, is Clovis super chill. sweeps all day. Uh, but anyways, but, but for a while And you can was, see him in the Pup Tech promotional videos. You can see him pretty much all over our website. Um, <laughs> For a while, it was just an idea, and it was just like, this is something cool, and maybe at some point I'll start working on it. But what really um, created the spark was that my boss got laid off. Mm. Uh, for no reason, for, through no fault of his own, he got laid off. He showed up to work and got told, this is your last day. You know, that's it. And he had a wife and two kids, and I thought that really sucked, uh, and that was really unfair. And I know that layoffs are part of working, but I was really worried that at some point that might happen to me. And, and really I was like pretty appalled by the injustice of it all. And I figured that um, the only way to make sure that that didn't happen to me was to start my own business. Uh, and so that's really when I went back to this idea that I had had six months ago and said, all right, I'm gonna do it. I don't know how, but I'll figure it out. Nice. Had you ever talked yourself out of the idea? Had you ever thought, hey, that's a great idea. Yeah, I don't think anybody would pay for that. Um, I never have. Uh, I've had a lot of people who have tried to, okay. a lot, um, but no, I, I've never, I, it's, it's, so it's bad to think that something is a good idea just because you want it, because everyone is different and markets are very fragmented and just because you think something's good, you might represent a tiny f segment of the market, but also, conversely to that, uh, at least in the case of me, just this is a problem that I felt like I was not the only person to experience. Um, and that certainly I was not the first person who wanted to go hiking with their dog and then have a sandwich afterwards. Um, this has to be more of a universal problem. <laughs> so. How important is it that you, doubt happens, right? We all as entrepreneurs, I think we would agree, doubt happens. It happens a lot. A lot. <laughs> And Grant's like, no. no. <laughs> um, I think it's a natural part of the process. I think if you're having doubts about what you're trying to do, that's not an indication that you should stop. No. Um, at what point does doubt turn into some intuitive knowing that you don't have something that's more universal, though? And I, I think that's the place where people, what we try and get to at the end of our startup program, the entrepreneur startup program, is for you to have enough information about your idea, about your market cap, about your competitive analysis, about all of the things that William has spent four years learning, 
we try and give you enough information in that snapshot to be able to say, am I really committed enough to follow this thing through to get where it needs to be? What really is it going to take? You're going to get a little insight into what it's going to take because we put, we have you take your prototype out into the world with all of these market analysis, research, guided demos, interview questions, and we set some success metrics and say, you got to get pretty close to these things. Otherwise, you either there's not a big enough market or you aren't investing enough of yourself and enough of your time. And so I can't tell you when that level of doubt becomes more than just more than just doubt, doubt. Um, because yeah. I haven't gotten there. Yeah, we shouldn't uh, be talking about that. I feel like. But what what I can say is that no, but it's um, useful for people who might who might be watching this, who might be saying, well, "I've been going, I've been going for four years." People tend to lean years. towards doubt, so I think that I would say um, I don't think you have to. Some people tend to lean towards doubt. I mean, yeah, okay. I, I think a lot of people t tend to tend to have self doubt about the value of their idea or whether they can they can actually accomplish it. I mean, that's one of the biggest things is wow. a lot of people don't start something because they're afraid that they can't do it perfectly, so they just don't start. Yeah. I, I like to say that um, being an entrepreneur, and certainly I, I would not even presume to say that I've been successful yet, but I've been persistent. Um, being, an, being an entrepreneur requires a level of self-confidence that borders on arrogance and a level of optimism <laughs> that borders on delusion. Uh, because in the face of like, and this is a, classic story. So right after I quit my job, I was trying to network around Denver and get involved and find investors and just get into the space. And everyone kept saying, you have to meet this woman. She is just the, she's the queen of pets in Colorado and she knows the whole industry and she's an expert on pets. And if she doesn't, you know, if she can't hook you up with the right people, um, nobody, can. nobody can. And if she doesn't, she, you have to talk to her. And I had seven people introduce me to her. And so when I finally got a phone call with her, um, she said, wow, like you are the most well-connected person I've ever met. I have all these people that have been talking to me. And then that was the high point of the conversation. From there, it was just, she hated it. Hated it, hated it. Hated everything we were doing. Thought it was a terrible idea. Thought that I should have never started. Um, nobody's going to buy it. This is oh. stupid. Um, and... That's the point where most people might have said, like, well, this is not a, this here is an expert, universally recognized expert in the field telling me that this is a bad idea and that I should quit. And I just figured, you know what? She's wrong and she doesn't know what I know <laughs> about uh, what I'm doing and I'm going to prove her wrong. Uh, so, yeah, so you really have to have a level of self confidence that borders on. Craziness. Uh, yeah. and People like that can be great incentive to me because, like, sometimes I've said, I do my best work out of spite. Yeah. You know, oh, when somebody tells long, you you can't do something, it's almost, it, it almost, yeah, it really fuels it. Like, um, I think for some not people, let them be right. for some people, it really does. But for other people, uh, for most sane people, it would probably <laughs> uh, deflate you. Um, and I guess the reason I'm, I'm bringing this up is one, Anybody who might be sort of teetering on that edge of wanting to even dip a toe in the water like with Entrepreneur and see if you have the ability, the interest, the desire, the, the chutzpah to do this thing. Cajones. Doubt is natural. It's normal. Yep. It, it is. 
it's like you said, like almost getting to that point of like, just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep swimming. Successful entrepreneurs are too stupid to quit. Uh, and there's been <laughs> too stupid to quit. Yeah. If, if I was to write a book about this, it, that's what it would be called. Too legit. Uh, too legit to quit. No, too stupid. <laughs> too stupid to quit. Stupid, too stupid to quit. Because um, there's been there's been dozens of times um, when I should have quit, uh, or when most people would have quit. And, yeah. You know, I just told you about one of them, but there's been so many others where like, it looked like we were at a dead end, or that what we were working on would never like one time early on in the development of even the air conditioner, our engineer called us up and was like, I don't think we're gonna be able to make this thing work. It's just not, <laughs> like we can't figure out how to get the car cool enough. Uh, <laughs> don't get the beer cold enough. <laughs> um, but we just, we just, well, it's too bad. Let's keep figuring it out. And then we did, and then it Hot worked. Hot dogs um, and warm beer, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you just really have to be able to persevere through pretty much any obstacle that gets thrown in your way. Um, but I don't know where you hit that line of like, okay, well, now I really should not be doing this. And I think we would all argue, and you, you might argue this too, I believe that line never comes if you're really willing to follow it through. I think that's right. I say to everybody, there is an entrepreneur inside everyone. And given enough coaching, education, time, investment, belief in yourself, yep. that will come out and it will be successful. Yep, but it's not gonna be easy. But it's not easy. <laughs> and a, there's a lot of people who would rather easy. Like yeah. they, they just have different priorities in this and that is totally okay. Totally okay. And sometimes Probably what comes better. out of Entrepreneur, the startup program, is people say, wow, I just spent three months demoing, talking to everybody, and I'm exhausted. How do you do this every day? And it's like, well, that's, that's good data for you to have that you didn't have before. Yeah, like we, show, we helped you learn what it really takes, and you're like, wow, I don't know. I, I mean, I missed half my kids' soccer games in the last three months. Yep. And you're like, that's, you know. So we want to help you get to a place you, where. You get knowledgeable about what the trade-off is going to be. Yes. That's the thing. That's really the thing. It's not. You know, we're not really here to emphasize here's how much it takes to get there because for any individual project, it may take more or less. Yes. yes. Some product projects yes. may be, wow, small in scope that like, okay, but the point being that whatever it is you're going to have to trade off for success of your product, of your idea, you want to know what that is before you decide, I'm going to go for it. Yes. You know, because if somebody says it's this level of effort, okay. I can sustain that for the next year or two. Yep. But if somebody says it's this level of effort and it's going to include, say, traveling all over the world five days a week, well, I got three kids at home. I don't yeah. know, you know, or whatever. Or not yeah. getting a paycheck for three then years. You know, yeah. <laughs> then you know, you know, that gives you the ability to make that decision. Wherever that line is that we were kind of talking around, wherever that line is of, Go or no go, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and and I think that the more fully informed you are going in to make that decision, that um, is going to be easier to stay committed in the go. Yes, when it because gets like, tough, you knew. Yeah, you knew this. It's yeah. not like oh my gosh, now I got to get a lawyer. Yeah. Oh my gosh, now I got to hire a marketing company. 
that's all on paper. Yeah. yeah. You already knew what the schedule was for promotion and for legal yeah. work. Yeah. And, and you were ready to take that on. So you know it's coming. Yeah. I think that's, that's really important. And knowledge is power. I mean, it's kind of a cliche, but there's a reason cliches are cliches, right? Knowledge is power. And power corrupts. That's right. Absolutely. Pa absolute so power is corrupts. Exactly. Yeah. So we should all be stupid. And that, that was one of those weird SAT yep. things we just did yep, there. That there, though. <laughs> yeah. uh, all right. Not so, ten. any last thoughts on anything that we've talked about, Daryl? No, I don't think so. Okay, Grant. Anything? Any last words, thoughts? Go to Got an App Idea and buy a pup tech. Yeah. yeah. Gotanappidea.com. Pupcom. Buy from a pupcom. Buy a pupcom. Pubtech.com. And if you don't have a dog, go to Thunder Puppy and, and get buy a dog. A dog. Yeah. So yeah. then you can get a, a so then you can get a pupcom. One stop shopping, friend. Right here. It's but all wait, happening. There's, there's more. more. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I, I just want to say. Last pearls of wisdom. Um, yeah, last pearls of wisdom. Uh, the journey is hard, but it's well, well worth it. And uh, I wish that the your program had been around when I had first started because it would have saved me a lot of pain and time and effort and mistakes. Yeah, so essentially what, um, what we would have done with William four years ago uh, in this program is we would have taken at least that first two years of, you know, figuring out where you were and condensed that way down. No cooler. Yeah, no cooler. We, we, have got, we have gotten a no cooler much, much faster with you. You know, maybe, um, maybe not have spent $50,000. Probably not. And in fact, the program, that the incubator program, uh, the startup program, is a fraction of even that. Yeah. Um, so what we're trying to do is help people like you who have these really great ideas, narrow it in, get focused, get clear about what's in the market, just because of our success in building companies and seeing how those pivots happen over sometimes a very long period of time, yep. but help you get a, more of that information in a shorter period of time with much, much less investment up front so that you are educated when you decide to take the dive and you know what it is you're diving into. Yep, and you know what, what it's gonna take. Yes, yeah. yes. We love working with you. We are super proud of where you are right now. We're very, very excited for the spring and the summer because the units are going to be going out. The app is going to be out in the hands of hundreds of people. We're getting new investment money. Like It's a very exciting time at PubTech. Yes. We are thrilled to be on the journey with you. Thank you so much for letting us be your partner the last year and a half. Um, and well, I'm thrilled to have you guys, and we would have never made it here without you. So Thank you. Um, so yeah. Awesome. Next, yeah. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Super enlightening. We love William. We love his energy. We love who he is in the world. And so we're really thrilled that you came and participated with us and played with us a little bit. This, of this is what we do this for has fun. It's been really week, fun. So. Um, yeah. We'll have cool. to do it again Let's in a year. Yeah. yeah. So we can show a comparison. Yeah. Um, here's where it was. Yep. Here's no. what happens in a year with mm -hmm. A fairly advanced, mature, successful startup to the point where you are. Right. So it'd yeah. be really interesting to see. Well, I'm, I'd so. be happy to come back. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Thank you guys so much for your time. We have enjoyed having you. We hope you've learned some stuff. We've dispelled some myths and maybe brought up some other questions. Please post your questions probably a couple times a week, a couple times a month. We're going to start doing a Q&A podcast video where you know people say, you threw this thing out like everybody should know what that is. What does that mean? <laughs> so please, uh, in the comments section 
or send us an email, you know, post on our, our website, whatever, with your questions, because we would love to help answer those. Uh, for Daryl, Grant, and Cynthia from Rikatech, and William from PubTech, thank you so much. We'll see you next time. This episode of Incubate This was brought to you by gotanappidea.com in partnership with Rika Technologies and The Rika Show. Visit us at rikatech.com for more fun with technology or at gotanappidea.com for more tips, tricks, strategies, and advice.